thank you for downloading this episode of the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. I'm Andrew Allen. And I'm Michelle Donkin. So uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for visiting us. If you ever want to chat to us or rate us or subscribe to us, it's via iTunes, it's via SoundCloud, it's wherever you find our dulcet tones. Yeah. And uh, the podcast is a little bit late this week. Usually we release it on a Sunday. Yeah. We try to, but we didn't. No, we have many, many um, reasons, uh, excursions, excuses, and uh, long tales to tell you. They're, they're all very good reasons. They are very reasonable. They're also all very tedious. Yeah. So, yeah. But mostly we just, we didn't, we didn't do it, we, so we did it now. Yeah. But um, this episode, we're having a chat to Laura. Of Junkyard Dogs, uh, which is um, a beautiful little theatre space in the just to the edge of the heart of Brighton. Yeah, well, kind of around the curve. Yeah, in uh, Kempton. Yes, and Junkyard Dogs um, has some exciting news for the Brighton Fringe, mm-hmm. which uh, I won't spoil now. You can get into the episode itself to uh, find out what that is. Yeah. And uh, we are announcing our plays for the upcoming April short play night. Cast Iron 12. Yeah. And uh, we've got uh, not just a companion around the corner as well, in March. Which is for International Women's Day. Yeah. And tickets are available yes. online. So if you yeah. type in not just a companion, if you type in not just a companion suite venues, that will get you to the link yeah. to order the tickets. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're fast approaching March. It'll very soon be April, and then it'll be bum, 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 May, Brighton Fringe time. I now need that as my new ringtone. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. No, I can't do it again now. I no. forgot what I did. That's why you need it as a ringtone. Yeah, so you can should have recorded it. So, oh, we are. Yeah, that so could have happened now. Yeah. yeah, so we have got <laughs> we have got not the companion. Mm-hmm. We have got upcoming podcasts uh, coming to you. We have got Dead Cat Bounce and One Woman Alien at the Printer's Playhouse, and indeed, as you say, we have got the Brighton Fringe coming up and Cast Iron Short Play Night, which is like the most fundamental element of our year, and yeah. it's one that I forgot. Yeah, yeah, ah. and we have just announced that we have opened our submission window for our next series of short stories, cast iron shorts, that will be on in June. We are currently looking for writers for that. So Submitting a prose uh, short story mm-hmm. and uh, within, we don't need to be weighed down by this, but be aware that those stories that we choose will be read out loud, they'll be performed. Mm-hmm. And the theme this time is Sanctuary. Fantastic. So take that whatever way your creative mind takes you so yeah have a look at all our social media and our website for details of that all you writers out there follow us on twitter mm-hmm. follow on... us on instagram and on facebook shall we have a listen let's do that bye We're here today at Junkyard Dogs uh, talking to Laura Chapman. Did I say that right? Yes, Laura yes. Chapman, yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Um, and I guess the best way to start this conversation uh, is to kind of throw you at the deep end and say who are you and who are you in relation to Junkyard Dogs and what is Junkyard Dogs? Well, I own Junkyard Dogs with my partner Sarah. Uh, we are a cafe, event space, mini theatre and bar. We've been here on our premises on Edward Street for 
almost four years um, trying to do a bit of all those things. So yeah. <laughs> run a cafe with a bar and um, have events as much as we can um, and, and use our mini theatre space also as much as we can for all sorts of different things the, the mini fit space is not is not that because some of us who have um, as indeed I personally have have walked past drunk my dogs with great interest and, and seen the, the cafe and gone I, I don't know how big a performance space it is maybe it's poetry maybe it's uh, acoustic nights and stuff which is lovely but I, I don't know if it's a theatre but actually that, that's not quite true there's actually an entire theatre which isn't that mini at all really it's, it's not that mini it seats between 28 and 35 people depending yeah. on what we're doing and it's totally separate space from the cafe so yes it's kind of hidden and people unless they read the front door or come and talk to us might not necessarily know that it's there out yeah. through the garden around the back yeah. um it was an extension on the back of the building when we first took the building on yeah. it was full of sinks and broken old chairs and we spent weeks having yeah. it done up and turning it into a black box room so Fantastic. it's just really a black box room where uh, anything goes I suppose <laughs> and how many cause it, I think it's multiple isn't it how many times have you won best venue at the Brighton Fringe we've won it twice yeah. now yes. <laughs> thank you very much that was a fantastic um, boost for us yeah um, just so inspiring as well to see the work that can come out of a room that is a black box room yeah. that used to be at the back of a building um, what people can create can come up with um we're really supportive and it's just yeah. Sarah and I that run the place day to day so we're very hands on with everyone that comes and, and does anything here um, so I hope that that went some way towards people's recognition yeah. uh, to what we were doing over the fringe um, and because the cafe is open every day during yeah. May um, there's kind of a combination of constant shows in the back room and a really vibrant kind of cafe space so yeah so Cool. You say that you're, you're, you're hands-on for sort of the visiting people, the visiting artists and companies that, uh, that come in, and I think that it can be quite a challenge for people who are, you know, for instance, not local to the town that they're performing in, so Bright Fringe is obviously one of the biggest fringes in the, in the world, there are going to be many people performing who don't actually live locally and don't know the area. Yeah and different venues operate in different ways in terms of how much they're going to be sort of on social media helping the incoming show and some do a lot of that and some go actually we haven't got the budget at the time for that that yeah. is on you um how do you find that you can hold people's hands when they come up um up until now because of the size of the space and the fact that we're here every single day anyway we have been able to just talk people through from the very beginning of a conversation about bringing a show to the fringe right up until when they're here advising them about what they can do in the space technically yeah. and making that happen um, talk to them about publicity and marketing because we know the town both of us yeah. have lived here for a long time so that really helps and we've always been really into the fringe and stuff so we can have those conversations in the build up to the festival yeah. and then when we're here over May we're just here all the time so we're, we're able to see the audiences in make sure that the performers are happy and um, support them in kind of the whole process really yeah. um, which has been an yeah an incredible experience for us um, we're doing more next year yeah. if I'm allowed to talk about that 
I was going to say, that sounds like an opening. Mm. Uh, let's go for that. Well, yeah, well, what's, what's happening, uh, well, we say next year, I guess we mean now this year. This year, sorry, yeah, yeah this year. Um, so after the success we've had for the last couple of years, um, we decided we wanted to expand next year and yeah. take on another venue. Oh, fantastic. Um, partly because we're so excited about doing more of the Fringe, we've just enjoyed it so much, and also because a lot of people are coming to us, wanting to work with us, yeah. and us not being able to actually have the capacity to make it happen because the space is fairly, um, it's not restrictive, but we can't do certain things technically yeah. with stages, with lights and things because of the size of it. So we kind of thought this year we might take on another space. Fantastic. Um, and we have, <laughs> and we've programmed that now. And as it's turning out, we're actually moving our whole fringe program to three rooms at the Brighthelm Centre, right in the middle of town. So that's just a couple of minutes down from Brighton Station. The station so if you're not yeah. local, you, it's, it's very yeah, difficult to miss. Really close to the station, right in the middle of the lanes, really. Um, so it's very exciting. So we've got, yeah. we've got three rooms this year. Um, and the Bright Helmet being incredible about us working with them. We're going to get in and uh, decorate the place kind of a bit junkyard dog style. Yeah. I've been here and know kind of what it looks like. It's very colourful and kind of fun. Um, and we've got the licence to run the bar there. So we'll have some people in running a bar for us. And then it's two 30-seat spaces, very similar to what we've got here now, yes. which we're going to get in and black out because they're kind of conference yeah. rooms at the moment. But we'll going the week before so it's largely um, what we might sort of call like a pop-up space a pop, yeah, yeah absolutely uh, but then what we've also got is a, an 80 seat room in there ah. so there is where we're able to really expand what we have been doing and get really stuck into programming some theatre more theatre yeah. than we've been able to do before so it's very exciting so here's a question that might be um, either one that isn't really answerable or even unfair what is a junkyard's Program, you know, what is there a particular style of a show or stuff that you are more perhaps likely to program? Uh, so the two thirty-seat rooms are still primarily stand-up comedy. Yeah. That's what we've done here in the Kemp Town venue a lot over Fringe, and it's been fantastic fun. We've got some brilliant comedians that sort of want to work with us. So the smaller rooms will will stick to that. Uh, with the eighty-seat room. We said it would be just theatre shows, yeah. but a, a range of different styles, a range of different um, performers and companies. And um, we spent quite a lot of time in Edinburgh last year talking to performers, seeing shows that we really loved, and some of those we've been able to bring to Lovely. our new programme this year. So the the theatre space is it's varied um, but it's certainly not like anything we've been able to do or had the capacity to do before so it's it's really exciting because that's kind of more of my background and my partner's more into the comedy programme yeah. so I've been able to really kind of look into so doing something a bit different. So that, that's interesting in terms of the the differences in, in the backgrounds of you and your partner mm. about what your interests are and what mm. your histories are um, yeah. You and Sarah, um, what led to Junkyard Dogs? What were you looking for? What wasn't here before? What did you want to happen? Um, I had always had this idea that I wanted to have an event space. Um, I studied drama and theatre at university quite a lot of years ago and then was working in theatres and living in London and always had this thought that it might be a wonderful thing to have a space to put things on. 
Um, I kind of knew it was going to be that I'd see things that I loved and bring them to the space rather than producing work. Yeah. It's kind of not so much my background, but just having this massive love of all sorts of types of performance. I was stuck on doing that at some point. I always had it in the back of my mind. Um, so Sarah and I met working at music festivals, actually. We were both like managing and running music festivals like all over the country. So um, and doing quite a lot of hospitality work, as is the way. And that's how we met. Um, and she's a chef by sort of trade, I guess, and uh, an events manager. So we started talking and it was kind of this idea that we had that was fairly similar. So she had this idea about opening a food business um, or a bar and loved love the idea of kind of combining the two ideas. And then we saw this place and it was empty. I'm still living in London actually, but her and I are partners in life. So I was spending a lot of time in Brighton and she saw this sitting empty and kind of came into view it. Junkyard Dogs, where we are now, was a shell. There was nothing in here at all. It was, um, I'm not going to use the words, but it was, it was terrible. It was like a shipwreck. <laughs> it was such a mess. But she saw, she had a vision and got me down that weekend to come and have a look. And we were like, we can make this work. So with, with her experience in hospitality, bar management, food, and my love of kind of the events, um, side of things we we took on the place and kind of both came at it like from both of those sides um, I guess that's yeah where it began and it's slowly slowly built up um, yeah I mean it takes a year before you've got regular customers sure. and then your events start taking off and that's exciting and then we had the back room kitted out in that sort of first year we were here and turned it into the, the black box room I just so, like the so idea went, of you, I just like the idea of you and Sarah coming down to, to uh, a, an abandoned shop <laughs> at a coastal town and ripping it out and <laughs> set up a new fit. It, it really sounds like a like a, a Nest Cafe advert for the mid nineties. Really just like that whole idea of it. I can imagine some things being pulled down and sunlight streaming through oh, on yeah, the smoke. Yeah. It was it was a bit like that. Yeah. I mean, the place looked nothing like it does now. Yeah. Um, and we spent weeks working on it with our friends. I mean, we didn't have a great deal of money once we bought it. So um, we have friends in here, wallpaper, you know, peeling off wallpaper and painting. And we always knew that we would get there and get it open. And yeah, it's just been the most amazing learning curve. And, you know, the day to day of it's fantastic. And we have events on every weekend. But I think. Because as a fringe you know, venue, you're not just restricted, restricted to the Brighton Fringe itself. You're, no, you're year, year, year round. Yeah, so every weekend we've got events going on. Um, usually just Friday, Saturday evenings, but we have live music, spoken word evenings, some great stand-up comedy um, in the bar and in the back room. We, we utilise both spaces as much as we can. And regular events that run, you know, month by month. So, yes, it's a year-round yeah. operation. <laughs> so, as well as the, peop- uh, the performers who are locked down to regular shows and mm. stuff um, sort of artists and uh, performers they can approach Junkyard Dogs yep. and find out if there's a space uh, in the calendar yeah. for their own stuff to be put on absolutely yeah we're really open to ideas um, we are a seven day a week venue in terms of people wanting to put events on um, any any ideas that people have they might you know find that the space is good for them we're, we're out, it's open and we're here all the time um, the 
the back room is often hired up for rehearsals and workshops as well um, during the day and the weekends. Um, so we're trying to utilise it as not just being a performance space, yeah. but people can come and use the space just to create or, or run workshops or what have you. So yeah, we're kind of open to any ideas. Because really. there's not a period of longer than four to five days on Facebook when somebody isn't screaming, does anybody know of any rehearsal space in Brighton? No, so. it's, yeah, it's kind of, a, it's been a, definitely good to have that in, yeah. available in the daytime mainly where people can come and just do stuff. And actually if the cafe's open, we're here anyway. It's anybody's welcome to come and use it. So. When you're up in Edinburgh, and um, obviously that's that's mixing business and pleasure. You're, you're seeing mm. stuff just for yourself and whatever, and you're seeing stuff that you might want to approach the people afterwards and go, actually, there's space down here. What might you be looking for if you're on a, if you're on a mission to add stuff to your roster? What might you be looking for? Well, things. In the last years, Edinburgh changed quite a lot for us because we already knew we were going to expand for Brighton Fringe. So actually, I started thinking a bit differently when we were up there last year in the thought that we are going to have a bigger room. So so possibilities have ended up becoming much more open. Previously, we'd been really looking at a comedy, sketch comedy and stand-up because we can easily house it and we, we love it. So we've done a lot of meeting people, comics that we really loved and kind of bringing them down year-round. This time we were really thinking about the Fringe yeah. um, with this kind of endless possibility of what we can do. And it was amazing kind of looking at shows with a more of a open mind about being able to talk to them about coming to us. Obviously things you see that, you know... Are, in 400 seat theatres and you're like that's the most incredible play but probably they won't you know be interested in us but you never know um so we tried to see a real real mix of things this year and it's just um it it was really we had a really good opportunity actually because the brighton fringe had asked us to um judge the award brighton fringe award for excellence in edinburgh last year so lots of participants had applied for this and if they fit the criteria um then we could see their show and see if, you know, potentially we were going to award them what the Fringe were offering. Um, but it also came from us in that the show that we chose, we've offered, you know, various things too in terms of our new space. Um, so I'm going to say, the, it's a, there's a show called Throne by Jodie Gray that we saw that we saw in, in Edinburgh last year and it is, it's extraordinary and they'd applied for this award uh, we probably would have seen it anyway because it just sounded so amazing, um, and we we ended up choosing that as the the one to award with Brighton Fringe. Um, so they're going to be coming to us for a week's run in the Bright Helm, the big room, and it's it's just incredible. It's something so different. Um, yeah, we didn't get to see it, but I do remember hearing a good buzz about it. It was, uh, yeah. it was on the you know, you know what it's like in Edinburgh. You've got a long list of things to see. Absolutely, yeah. So it can, and you can be there all month and yeah. still not see yeah. probably everything. We were there all see. month. Were you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's bonkers, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you could, if you try and go to four, five shows a day, you collapse. But there's just always stuff going on. A, a member of our uh, a member of our company uh, who's in our show uh, did indeed see four or five things every day and was working. Really? I don't know how we didn't kill her. That's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's it's extraordinary because it's not only seeing the things, then you want to process yeah. it, and then you've got to go right across the other side of town and yes. go to the next thing. And we tried to do that when we were there two or three years ago, and we were like, less, 
we're going to go for longer and see less each day. <laughs> when I first, I mean, traditionally in my life, I could never afford to go up to Edinburgh for any amount of time anyway. And then when I was able to go for about five or ten days of the first year, I was trying to see everything that I could day to day, shows a day or whatever. Oh. And um, what I genuinely couldn't understand was people who, who were there for a long time saying, oh, it's really important for me to spend a, um, a couple of days while I'm at the fringe not being in Edinburgh. I would, I'd be bewildered by this. I go, yeah, well, why, why? Would you, why would you do this? Why yeah, would you do this? Where are you going to go? And, and then I was there, and I understood. Yes, no, I, I get it. I get yeah. it. <laughs> get, get you, away. You absolutely have to get away. Yeah. Get out of town yeah. if, if you're there for the month. Speaking to like um, friends of ours who are stand-up comics or whatever who do the full month, um, the the value of getting a month pass to the local swimming pool or whatever is a huge thing. Oh god, that's a good idea. Never even, yeah, yeah. thought of that. But just something to get their head out yeah, of the day to day of yeah. promoting and doing the show yes. over and over again, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a bonkers world. I mean, we love it, and we'll always go every year. And part of it for us is work, obviously, but part of it is just to go and see, sure. you know, as much as we can and and enjoy the because it's a holiday. It is still a holiday. Okay, here's we're the very thing. Lucky, you're, you're, you're at the fringe, and you are. Um, in theory, you're, you're a perfect person to pitch to. Mm. You're going to be interested in theatre and stand-up. You're, so your range of interest is going to be quite wide, and you might want to see gigs and stuff as well. So you're already likely to see a thing. Mm. Not only that, you're uh, a you know um, a venue manager, so you know it's going to be very exciting for us to get us to see get you to see our show. If we've got a flight, we're in the Royal Mile, we've got flyers in our hand, we are either going to you know, do really well and fly with you successfully, or we're going to annoy you in a way that you're never going to come see our show, because that's what flyers do. How, right, guys, this is a loaded question, knowing that there are many people listening who will be interested in how to fly. I mean, we ourselves are cast iron flyer, we have no idea. How might we fly successfully to you? What are we going to do that's a mistake and um, ensure that we never? See you next year. Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? I understand the battle of that. I can't, you know, even begin to imagine the energy it takes to do that all day for your own show because it's hard, really hard. And actually, we say to people when they come to us for Brighton Fringe, you must go and flyer because yeah. we see the difference it makes in audience yes. numbers. We've seen it for years now. It, it does make a difference. Something about it makes a difference. And but that should I be qualified in, as well in terms of because people who might have done like four Edinburgh's might be somewhat startled mm. by Brighton, in which the the vibe of even flyering is totally different. You can walk down the main road for flyering and not be aware of the fringe on. Yeah, um, it's, so a it diff- it's, a, it's a different beast, def- but definitely. Even with that, uh, even with that mm. intake, it's still, you have to fly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. I think because, well, here in Brighton, there's enough people out and about in the street that are looking for something to do, whether it feels like it's part of the middle of the middle Saturday on New Road yeah. or not, I think there are people who are up for kind of looking around and, and seeing what's going on and, and that's made a huge difference. We've seen particularly with comics who are naturally really confident in approaching yeah. people and being funny. I mean, I don't know how to do that either, but um, that, that makes a difference here. In Edinburgh, I don't, I don't know. We honestly, I avoid the Royal Mile as much yeah. as possible when I'm there because it's just so full on, isn't it? I wouldn't know where to take a flyer from someone and where not to because there's so much happening. Um, having said that, if we're sitting in one of the gardens having a drink and 
someone comes over and they're quite pro- you know being you know quite approachable and not yeah. too annoying and then they pitch it and we're kind of like oh, yeah okay that sounds alright they might be more likely to get us in but we we kind of gone word of mouth from yes. recommendations as yeah. well it's so it's it's so difficult. It's, it's so easy to fill your time when you're there, but it's sometimes it's difficult to know where from. Like, am yeah. I going to talk to you in the Underbelly Gardens, or am I going to get online and see what someone's talking about? Yeah. Or, and I, I suppose, like with anything, actually, there's a combination of those things that works eventually. So, any show that's getting some reviews and pop publicising itself well online yeah. and they're quite visible around the city whether that's in Edinburgh or here in Brighton yeah. that's probably the best way of yeah. it working yeah. but I don't know we're kind of open we're open to so much that I you know away from the Royal Mile we'll, we'll listen but I yeah. don't know it's yeah it's hard was there a, when you were training or when you were younger was there a a show or a performance or an experience that clarify for you oh this is the world that I want to be this is the world that I want to be working oh well when I was younger I was like absolutely obsessed with musicals yeah. so like as a kid I would go or get my parents to take me to like every big musical that we could possibly get to yeah. and the magic of that like if you like musicals a lot of people don't it's fine but um, the magic of that growing up was like something special happens yeah. up there and in here, with all these people experiencing like the same thing, yes. it's unbelievable. Those are big shows. Um, but I first went to Edinburgh when I was in my mid-teens, I suppose. Then that probably helped to see yeah. a really different side of the way that theatre can be made yeah. on a smaller but still such exciting scale. So yeah. um, I probably, yeah, growing up being lucky enough to go to some great stuff in London up in Essex so it's not far um, and then opening myself up to kind of going to smaller venues and starting to see the way that people created work on a, on a smaller scale probably all sort of combined yeah. and then studying drama at university was brilliant mm. kind of shows you everything then <laughs> yeah, yeah so talking about com- combined and combinations uh, Junkyard Dogs um, in not where are we Edward Street mm-hmm. in Edward Street um, obviously it's a, a theatre a performance space and, and a cafe itself and um, we were speaking just before the podcast started that um, Cast Iron has this sort of uh, nebulous pipe dream of at one point doing its own coffee shop Oh, theatre, yeah. battered books and play scripts in the back thing, yes. a, 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 a mascot dog who will be friendly with, with the customers, <laughs> and um, a wise old uh, woman at the background who will tell you, uh, apparently that's myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have this idea, and we, um, not being particularly business-minded, we, we, we had this vague idea that, um, oh, theatre's a risk. Um, particularly if you're producing uh, third is a risk and um, people always like tea so tea is going to be the, the thing that will keep us tipping, tipping over although that's not necessarily a secure blanket and you were saying actually um, perhaps no there's actually enough exciting work being produced mm-hmm. that actually uh, Junkyard Dogs does pretty well thank you very much on the third space on the events yeah, yeah. absolutely um, it it is a combination of the two and you know the cafe is wonderful we love having it and being here every day and it's nice that we have regular customers but the 
place is going strong because of the events side yeah. of things. There's, an, there's so many people in Brighton and a bit beyond that want to bring their creative side out and yeah. to try something and do something. And there's enough people in Brighton that want to see things. So <laughs> I, I think that's, that's definitely more where we've been able to kind of keep going and, and keep building a business. And what's really fascinating about this for me, for the venue itself, um, when the venue's been here for four years and winning best venue for two years, um, you're saying that the cafe has regular customers. Does the theatre have regular customers you recognise that might just rock up and not necessarily know what the show is, they're just that they, they have faith in the junkyard dog's brand and they just rock up and see a show? We do have regular customers that will come to things. Yes, I hadn't really sort of pondered on that for a while, but yeah, there are people that will come at the weekend just to see what we've got going on yeah. and then stay for the, for the show or the comedy night. Um, and during the fringe, we've had people that come back like every other day yeah. and walk into the back room to see what's going on and will stay for That's the afternoon. And yeah. that was amazing, the last year particularly, just to see like the same, obviously it was great because it opens up whole new group of people that have never been here before and that's amazing for us but equally to see the same people a, come back a, it's, um, it's wonderful it becomes a true fringe venue it's a, yeah, it's a hub yeah I guess so yeah. yeah then they know they can stay and have a yeah. drink afterwards and chat to their friends or not or sit and read the paper and it's I love the the um, sort of understanding then that we've done what we wanted in terms of the welcome that the place yeah. has because that's always been so important to us that people feel like they can come here, watch a show, sit in the cafe, have a cup of tea, read their book, either with a group of friends or by themselves yeah. at any, any, any time. Sarah and I are both real fans of when we have a minute, sometimes going out by ourselves and sitting somewhere and yeah. having a pint or going to watch a show that you fancy, but you know, it's fine if you go by yourself. And so we always said we wanted this to be the sort of place where people would be really comfortable to do that yeah. and I think that seemed to change again after our last fringe when we saw that happening so much yeah. more and it's happened since really I guess across the year so yes to see those faces come back and know that they are comfortable to do that has been brilliant for us just yeah one of our goals it seems like it's something that can only continue to sort of like mm. get bigger and stuff because I, I don't like using the phrase you know well uh, best kept secret or whatever <laughs> but, it, but it's true that there might not necessarily this is a destination venue rather than something that many people might pass. Absolutely. Despite the yeah. fact that actually, deceptively, it's actually not that far off the beaten track. You yeah. were just a little bit up from, not the level, we're just a little bit up from um, up Steam, from Old Steam. Steam. Yeah. yeah, and St James's Street is less than a minute yeah. the other way. Um, so we are, we are pretty close to everything, but yes, you're quite right. Um, pe once people have realised the sort of thing we have How on and they know right. they want to come, they know they can get here really easily, yeah. then they, they do. And... I mean, still now, obviously, we've got people coming to things that have never been here before, and they're like, oh, fantastic. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I was in the pub on St. James's Street. There you yes. are. Um, so we are we are pretty close. It might be yeah, a chance funny to, corner. But yeah. <laughs> we've had a chance to be uh, chat to many sort of um, venues um, in and around Brighton uh, who are like, the fringe venues and mm. stuff. And I think that keeps on occurring, reoccurring, is occasionally there'll be an audience member who has discovered them, seen a show they've really liked, and go, oh, I didn't know you existed. Mm. I didn't know you were here. And then the next line is, I, I live two doors down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pe yeah. Have people been saying that? Yeah. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've been hearing that for four years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and still yeah. we're hearing that. <laughs> it makes you panic about your advertising, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. 
and then they'll walk by they'll walk by the full on Friday night and the place will be absolutely chock a full like yeah. people standing on the street having a pint and they'll be like oh right yeah no, there place, you are yeah. that place yeah we've been doing this all this time but yes I, I'm almost glad to hear although it's really frustrating yeah. that other people hear that too because you like I don't, occasionally it's a venue I don't that's know been, what more I can do now or, or at least one occasion it's been a venue that's been around for 75 oh, years no. <laughs> so and you their know. nearest neighbour has never yeah. even realised no Yes. Yeah. Wow. Where did the uh, name Junkyard Dogs come from? Uh, so the name was Sarah's idea, actually. So when we were talking initially about her wanting to start a food business, um, she was going to start a hot dog selling yes. business and maybe take that to festivals because we've both done festival work before or maybe have like a pop-up kind of hub thing doing hot dogs. We still sell hot dogs, yeah. but um, she had come up with the name then and... It stuck. I quite liked it. Yeah. And also when we're having that brainstorming thing just before we took the place on, it, it, it kind of stuck already. And then genuinely, I couldn't think of anything no. else to call it. I was like, where do you even begin to call something? Names that we're going But we're going to do all of this. Yeah. So um, it stuck around. And actually, I'm glad it did because yeah. um, it's kind of unusual, I guess. People will remember it. So, so you sell hot done, dogs? Sarah. You sell we hot still dogs? sell hot dogs. What, yeah, else, what yeah. else can somebody um, get if they're hanging out in the cafe? Uh, we do breakfast all day, yeah. uh, meaty, veggie, vegan versions of breakfast all day, and then hot dogs in the evening, um, and cakes, pastries, homemade kind of things like that. Yeah. And um, that's, that's that, really. And which is important to many people, you, you, you have a license. You have, yeah, yeah, we do. So we sell coffee and tea all the time. We also sell alcohol all the time. Um, um, beer and wine spirits and that was one of the things that we factored in when we bought the place yeah. I have to say because yes. people like to have a drink when they come to a show and because we knew we wanted to do so much with shows um, the place already had a licence so we, yeah. were, we knew we'd keep that um, so yes come and have a pint you yeah. know, or, or a cup of tea so when you, when, you were, when you were looking for a venue initially you, you said that you were like looking at various places that were presumably in various stages of falling apart and whatever uh, but, but but now you're, you're here mm-hmm. uh, is there anywhere else in Brighton that when you're not hanging out here that you like to hang out is there, are there other venues or cafes or whatever uh, yeah well pubs yeah <laughs> I love pubs in Brighton so much yeah. um, I, I get, in terms of shows I guess and when we're trying to go out and see something we'll look at the old market we'll look at the Marlborough yeah. we'll look at the Dome uh, and I love going to any of those all of those to see shows well we've just got a night off, off and fancy a pint I mean Brighton's amazing for pubs yeah. one of my very very favourites is the Great Eastern and I read something a bit yeah. scary last week that there's something happening with the ownership of that pub and I can't and I saw a petition going round, and I can only hope that it stays as is forever yeah. because the Great Eastern the basket makers the St James, those pubs that just have been being brilliant pubs yeah. for a long time in Brighton. Yeah. They're so important for people to, you know, use. And, yeah. and people people do use them, I'm sure, but um, I just, they're just, that's where I'll go if I'm not here, to be honest. It's straight there. Well, what, what um, if somebody uh, is going to pass you at the basket makers or whatever, or the Great Eastern, um, what, what are you having? I'm having a nice cold beer yeah. or if the time has ticked past a certain time I'm having a large glass of red wine okay. yeah. <laughs> yes thank you so, that's, that's mine yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, you might be reading a book or you might be listening to a podcast if you're on your own uh, or downloading Netflix uh, what 
what are you binging on at the moment that you want to give a shout out to? Um, my my binges at the moment in on in the book world are um, a writer called Sally Rooney. She's written two books. She's this twenty something year old woman from Dublin, and I just read both of her books, Normal People and Conversation for Friends, since New Year. I she's incredible, and um, I'm really glad it seems like there's quite a lot of talk around her yeah. as a novelist because her two novels that I've read so far are just amazing and I can't wait to see what she does next as a young Irish writer um, and and TV wise oh, I've just started watching Sex Education with oh, yes. Gillian Anderson I'm yeah. not sure yet how it's all going to go but I'm intrigued enough to keep going Gillian <laughs> Anderson seems to be the gift that keeps him giving or at least disturbing because any lef- lefty liberal is now somewhat disturbed that Gillian Anderson would play Margaret Thatcher I in The Crown I just it's true it's true then because this was a rumour yes. that a friend said to me yes. yesterday but is it is it, it is confirmed? it is true but people, oh people are uh, you know men and women of a certain age are Whoa. very upset because they don't quite know how to factor this oh, in no does it maybe can't fancy Margaret? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I once saw a very good burlesque act about Margaret Thatcher that was educational, but um, really, oh no, yeah, but um, <laughs> I don't imagine. But then again, as somebody pointed out, um, if you're if you are a lefty liberal, you can't be concerned about M- Margaret Thatcher played by Julian Anderson because arguably watching The Crown is quite on point Tory anyway. Yeah, probably. So, oh yes, you're quite. Right, maybe we're sad. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. I'm, yeah. I'm really hoping we um, managed to see her in All About Eve, actually, oh, in the yes. this year. Um, I see, I was looking at tickets for that, year, like £89 really pound ticket or £150, pound, £200 pound ticket. And I don't know how people do this. It's, it's so expensive. There's, there's been a few shows, I have to say, in London in the last year that we've just had to pass, let us pass by because I don't ticket think prices are unbelievable. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I can ever justifiably complain about a two, even a £200 ticket for a London show because there's 18 actors on stage there's a director yeah. there's lighting yeah. there's you can see the production costs are massive yeah costs, so yeah. It's probably £50 minimum is probably quite a bargain yeah. but yeah how does one afford it if it's you are on an average wage whatever average means a lot of money and I think we did that thing of missing the bit where the seats that were £40 yeah. sold and now anyway we'll try because she, she's an incredible actor and actually I've seen her do a couple of things on stage and she is amazing Um, but yes it's an expensive business so come and buy some beer at Dragon so I can go to see all about Eve the crowd comes to start here (laughs) yeah exactly I've got to put the link online guys (laughs) if you two were mildly jealous of David Duchovny in 1992 (laughs) this is how we're going to find it but just help the drunk old girls get to the theatre yeah (laughs) No, I think, that's, I think that's fair. I think, I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, cool. Um, and um, the other question in terms of things that you may have thought of back in 1992, it was, was there anything that you invented or a story that you'd created that somebody else got to first and now they're a millionaire because they came up with Twilight and you didn't? Or an invention like... I, I want to say electric toothbrush. I don't know why. but um, That would have been a good yeah, one. Yeah. Honestly, I've been half racking my brain since this interview began about this, and I can't think of anything. It's, That's probably this good. Is terrible. I. It's probably good because how annoyed would you be if mm. you'd like come up with I don't know internet shopping and then somebody <laughs> <laughs> went and did it? But um, I can't. Oh, perhaps you know I just wasn't thinking outside the box like that as yeah. a child, which is 
might be worse. I don't I know. No, I, I, it's terrible. I can't think of anything. I'm, I'm sorry. That's like the worst. No, not at all. Answer. I, I don't think it is. It, it, it <laughs> indicates a level of um, trust and contentment in other people's creativity. There you go. Maybe okay, nice. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, let's yeah. go with that. Yeah. That's lovely. So oh, thank on, you. <laughs> on, on that note, in terms of trust and and uh, contentment in other people's creativity, uh, and I'm aware that this is potentially a bit of a loaded loaded question because there will inevitably be things that you might miss out or forget. And but is there anything coming up uh, for Junkyard Dogs or the Fringe, a larger um, avenue that you're you're looking forward to that you're excited to? tell us about um so in terms of the the, the Kimtown venue we've got this incredible comedy night that runs the less less of every month comedy rocket which we love a good friend of ours Ali McFarlane hosts it and she is or she she kind of does gigs all over the place and brings these amazing comedians to this night um which is which is once a month and it's always brilliant it's just a fiver and yeah. that's gonna that's always gonna be really good fun um we've got some music nights coming up all that will be on our website and then our focus at the moment really is the fringe and um may is going to be incredible we'll be yeah over at bright helm wednesday to saturday each week of the fringe um i want to recommend everything we've got going on but we'll have our in-house brochure out at the beginning of march yeah. all the stuff will start appearing on our website in february some of it's already on sale actually the early on sale stuff so feel free to browse Junkyard Dogs on the Brighton Fringe website and see what we've got coming up. Um, I really hope lots of people will come and see Throne that we yeah. saw in Edinburgh that we wanted to give that award to. And, um, they're doing the Vault Festival in March and then they're coming down here in, in May and it's an extraordinary show, I have to say. I'm so delighted they're coming coming to us to perform it. Um, it's a, All the audience members wear headphones and you're kind of immersed in this world that they're creating. It's just so different and it's so wonderful. Um, so I hope you all come and see that. And yeah, all that we've got going on Excellent. in May, I suppose. And um, we, we can we can find you on the website, on Facebook, yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, uh, so all like, those things. Yeah. yeah, just search Junkyard Dogs. Facebook's probably our most up-to-date for um, yeah. events. And the, the fringe events are starting to pop up on the Facebook group too. Yeah. So that'll all, over the next uh, six weeks, start appearing. So you can pick what they come to see. Excellent. Well, uh, it's been, we, I don't know if we've really acknowledged it here, but we've been chatting to you actually in the cafe of Junkyard Dogs. It's been, it's been lovely. I, I'm just, and as you say, the decor is fantastic. I'm really enjoying the, the decor. It could almost be quite distracting, sort of just looking <laughs> randomly it's at colourful. words. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, how can anybody pass it and not know it's what's I going know, on? I know, right? Oh, my goodness. Our next-door neighbour didn't know from but, no, she didn't. But you've got, you've got sofas here. You've got you obviously the beer and the hot dogs here. You, you've even you've got vinyl and board games yeah, uh, here. So you know somebody can cheerfully sink a couple of hours here yeah. before they even came to see a show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any any time. We're yeah. we're open Tuesday to Saturday, the cafe um, during the day, and then just in the evenings when we when we've got events on. But then yeah. we're open right through until you know midnight on those days. So Fantastic. yeah, come along. Laura Jackburn of uh, Junkyard Dogs, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. This has been the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. Presented by Andrew Allen. And edited by Michelle Donkin. Music is Chapstick by Everett Armand. Find us on Twitter, on Facebook and our website castironbrighton.weebly.com Subscribe to us and rate us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thanks for listening.